Welcome to the Educational Leadership Series, Lead Change in Education, where your co-hosts, Adam Drummond and Mark McAmoyle, talk with educational leaders across the country in ways that they're boosting student academic achievement and building collective teacher efficacy. Each episode is especially designed to examine the ways that you can be instructional change agents in your schools as you work to reform culture, instructional planning, learner engagement, and community advocacy in your schools or in your districts. Take the ideas from our guests and work to apply them in your schools so that you can be instructional change agents too. Good afternoon. Welcome back to our next edition uh, where we interview school leaders who are making change in education. Here with my co-host, Mark McAmoyle, and we're excited to also join with us today uh, Dave Weiss, who is a school leader in, in Jeffco Public Schools in the Denver, Colorado area. So uh, welcome, everybody, and we're excited to get this podcast rolling. Hey, thanks, Thank Adam. You. Thanks, Adam. Dave, we're excited to have you here with us today. Um, why don't you just take a, a few minutes and tell us a little bit about yourself and your school for our listeners? Sure. My name is Dave Weiss. I'm a principal in Jefferson County, Colorado, and I... Uh, uh, serve a elementary school, a Title I elementary school in uh, East Central Jefferson County, uh, a very diverse school. Um, and we have been uh, pretty successful in our work. And uh, Adam and I crossed paths about uh, two months ago. And so I'm excited to be here and talk about our work. Uh, it was actually great, Dave, to actually be in your school and to see the, the great work that's happening and just the innovative pieces as well as the community outreach. I know you have a really diverse population. And um, one of the, the great things that I saw when I was there, um, actually got to watch and even participate in the after school um, care program that you have for your students and, and uh, the food items that they're able to go home with. Um, yep. So just a, a really, again, a powerful identity piece that you're providing for your school not only what happens during the school day but after the school day um, and so it's just very evident that you have a real passion for ensuring that all of your kids have access and equity to what they need and so kind of along those lines can you talk a little bit about maybe what is it that you have happened in your school that creates the success that you have been so well able to demonstrate and acknowledge yeah, I uh, thanks, Adam. I appreciate that. And uh, just funny that uh, when you were there that day, uh, and Mark, just for your background knowledge, uh, Adam didn't, I don't think, plan coming to uh, carry backpacks of food into the into our community <laughs> hub. But uh, he and I were walking around the building, checking things out, and and a, and a delivery <laughs> of food arrived. And so I roped him in to help me carry uh, several bags of food into our community hub. And so <laughs> so he was all suited up and carrying bags and it was great. It was, uh, it was really helpful too that day. So thank you. Thank you for that, Adam. You bet. Um, so yeah, so our school, we, we definitely uh, have had really great shifts, particularly in um, staff and student culture. I think that's been the greatest uh, change for our building. There's been a lot of other work that we've done, but none of it would have been possible if it wasn't for um, the incredible shifts that we've had in culture uh, and when I'm talking about culture, I'm talking about um, positive school culture, collaborative school culture, uh, reflective growth mindset focused school culture, and really a culture that has a has a deep commitment to social justice and equity for our students and for each other. And so um, I would say as far as, you know, the work that we've done, uh, there's been many things that we've done to help shift our school to a school that's performing at the state level and really um, growing at a high rate. But all of that work is only possible because we've had such a strong 
positive, cohesive, and collaborative culture uh, that we've put together really over the last five years. And um, uh, that's been the biggest shift for us. We've, it's been awesome for us. Thanks, Dave. That's uh, that's some good insight. I, I, you know, it's so nice talking to a leader that understands that at the the root, the foundation of all of this is culture, right? Yep. We can we can achieve a lot of great things, but it's all rooted in healthy student staff culture. I heard collaborative, and your work in social justice and equity. I'm interested for our listeners what what were the drivers or the indicators that made you feel like that's really where you needed to put your energy as a school and. In, in cultivating that healthy culture, what what were the indicators that made you say, you know what, we need we need to do this? So, um, <clears throat> without getting too detailed, uh, when I became the principal of the school five years ago, it was, uh, I guess, the best way to put it is just the culture was broken. Um, the school had been through uh, a couple of leadership changes. There were some um, demographic changes in the building, and maybe some teachers that were struggling to make, uh, you know, adjustments to those demographics. And then the school was also in priority improvement status, which is one step away from turnaround. And so we, um, you know, when I got there, uh, the the first thing I did uh, was the summer before I started that I met with every teacher individually for an hour and just, uh, just opened my ears and shut my mouth and, you know, listened to kind of everything that they needed to say. Some people came in and they had a laundry list of things that they really wanted to see change. Some people came in and they just wanted to kind of figure out who I was and what kind of leader I might be. Um, but really, it was evident there were a lot of trends that existed in those interviews that I did with teachers. And primarily, they were around like uh, lack of trust, um, fear of evaluation, um, just a struggle to help uh, grow students with such high mobility. Our school has 21% mobility. Um, and so teachers were just feeling like they were working uphill all the time and they sometimes felt like they were working against each other and against administration. Hmm. And so I think in that first year, um, you know, the biggest thing I felt like I could do was just help people trust me and, um, and for me to trust them and really get into a lot of classrooms and try and give positive feedback and grow in the places we could. Um, you know, and what I mean, being completely forthright, one of the things that I felt like I needed to identify too were some of the people that were, um, contributing to a toxic culture. And, you know, as a leader, I think one of our jobs is to help find those people a place where they fit. Um, and so that, that may have also been part of it. We've had some some turnover in that first couple of years. But but really, as we started working together more and teachers started to feel a little more empowered, they started to trust me. Um, I trusted them. And um, we, we, we read some great books together. Uh, our professional learning communities got a lot stronger. Um, and our community as a whole, in terms of the parents and the families that we serve also started really trusting the school. We started getting a lot more community engagement. Um, we use a lot of social media to kind of tell our story because I believe if we don't tell our story, somebody else is going to tell it. And so, uh, and so we, we really just pushed, pushed, pushed. And, you know, there were some tough conversations in there, but there were a lot of conversations where I had the opportunity to lift people up. Um, to bring them together. To, I had to make some shifts in terms of like what team this third grade teacher maybe needs belonged with a different group of people. And so finding the right chemistry for people so that they could be the most successful. And then um, in that third year, we, we officially achieved what we call performance status in Colorado, which is like being green on the state report card. And so for our school, like that was huge. Like we were accredited, uh, you know, we were kind of out of the woods in terms of being in trouble with the state. And, um, and then for me, that third year was like, this is the momentum piece we need to grab onto. 
And, mm-hmm. uh, and, and honestly, um, I feel like I'm rambling a little bit, but we then went into, we became a leader in me school, which was a teacher driven initiative. I really empowered teachers to bring us leader in me. And, um, and from there we rewrote our mission. And this is where I think the real change, um, like genuinely started to happen. Uh, you know, we got that culture to a place where we were all believing in each other and collaborative and supporting each other. Uh, and then we rewrote our mission. We took four months to rewrite our mission. Uh, we had a really long run on sentence that nobody could state before. <laughs> and, um, and so we work with uh, our parent community. We work with our students. We work with our teachers. Uh, we, we came back with a couple different iterations. We took it to a vote. We took it to the community. And we ultimately landed on lead, love, learn. And, you know, after four months, you come up with this mission, this lead, love, learn. And you're like, huh, you know, but I think some people from the outside looking in will be like, wow, that's, that's a kind of a pretty simple mission uh, after all of that work. But ultimately, like those three buckets, uh, we, we believe everything we do needs to fit in those three buckets. And, uh, you know, the, the biggest one for me being love and um, we in our building, we talk about the word love frequently. We need to love our kids. We need to love each other. Um, and that doesn't mean need to mean anything more than we just care and love for each other. And so, um, like, for example, when you walk down the hallways in my building, our symbol, you know, some, some buildings, they hold like a zero symbol up in the hallway to be quiet or whatever. We all use sign language for, I love you in the hallway, like to our students and to each other. Um, and so like, if we're in an assembly, we'll hold up the, I love you hand signal and everybody's hands go up and like, that's, that's our work. We love each other. We lead each other and we learn together. And, um, and I also bucked the, uh, like the Jim Collinses of the world and some of those other folks about like mission and vision and taglines and all that. And I said, you know what, we're not doing any of those. We just, these three words guide all of our work. This is our mission. This is our vision. This is all of it. And, uh, today I can tell you, you can talk to any parent in my community. You can talk to any kid in my school. You can talk to any teacher in my building and they will tell you that our mission is to lead, love and learn. And if something, if somebody brings me something, uh, they say, Hey, I want to try this for our school. Does it fit our mission? If it doesn't, we don't do it. And, um, and our staff is like, I mean, this year in particular, I have felt like, um, I mean, <laughs> there have been days uh, where teacher leadership has grown so strong that I'm just, wa- I'm just having a great day, just walking around the building, hanging out with people and, you know, <laughs> checking in with kids. And I, you know, my first year, five years ago, I never would have thought that'd be the case. Um, so, yeah, but now when we come together in a PLC, you know, that lead, love, learns right on the wall. Are we doing this when we're looking at this data for the student? We have pictures of the kids because when we look at data, it's not just a number, it's a kid. And like, what does that mean? How do we love that kid? How do we help that kid learn? And how do we help that kid lead? And, um, and so it's been, uh, it's been epic, just amazing. So that's awesome, Dave. Adam, how great is that story? <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, I know I'm you. sitting here listening to it, and I'm like, man, this could be a great case study that you could just unpack over a couple hours, right? As opposed to like the eight <laughs> to 10 minutes we have here together. Yep. Um, but, you know, a couple things that really resonated with me, Dave, that I, I really appreciate that you shared. And one of those things right away is that you talked about being in classrooms yep. and that idea of visibility. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned it early on as something that you started doing. And I think that as school leaders, we don't really understand that power of just what presence does mm-hmm. and carrying on what that really says and impacts in terms of school culture, right? Like when, when they see Mr. Weiss in our classrooms, 
it's probably, uh, oh, Mr. Wise is here, right? No learning stops just because you walked in the door. Right. And I think that that's, for me, that's a huge piece as a stakeholder um, of school leadership is that, you know, when we walk into the classroom, we should be an extension of that community. Um, it's not that business stops when the principal walks in the door. And I just think how powerful that is and um, was a, a real piece that I pulled from me from what you talked about. And I think the other piece that I, I heard is the is the longevity that you've provided in school leadership. You know, we're one of the pieces that we're facing across the country right now is this idea of principal churn. Um, and, and we have data and statistics that show that, you know, half of our principals leave their school by the end of the third year. And when that when a school leader leaves that very next year, then we see a drop in, in instruction when there hasn't been a substantial change in culture. And, and so the fact that you've been in a pivotal part of that school culture for five years is, I think, a testament to part of the success that you've seen. And, and like you mentioned, Dave, that the fact that you can just kind of walk into classrooms and schools now and, and just love and enjoy. Right. Yeah, um, and absolutely. you said, you know, five years ago, you couldn't do that. And I yeah. think what a, a powerful testament to that. Um, so, yeah, just super, well, super impressed. Go ahead. And if I can just chime in, I think I think it's important for us as school leaders to remember that every time we go into a classroom, we don't need to have a clipboard in our hand or a laptop in our hand. Hmm. We don't need to be doing an evaluation every time we go into a room. And that that to me is huge because I'm in rooms every day. I'm in classrooms every day. And and and. It's not always as, in, you know, as intentional as it maybe sounds. Sometimes I'm going to get a kid who I need to have a conversation with. But, like, we have a classroom greeter in every classroom. I go in, I shake their hand, and I just hang out sometimes and, and watch the teacher teach or kneel down next to a kid and help that, that student who might need a little bit of extra help. Because, honestly, I'd say five to one. Um, when I'm in classrooms, I'm not evaluating. I'm just, I'm just being a part of the, a part of the community. Yeah. Dave, I've appreciated the chance to see that evolution from the beginning. I think there are many on-ramps for our listeners. You know, you've got some newer administrators. I think it'd be wise to be reminded of that we have two ears and one mouth for a reason. Yep. <laughs> you did a lot of listening at the beginning and developing trust and culture. And, um, you know, you seem like somebody that is very strategic, too. I mean, it sounds it feels very authentic, relationship-based. Um, but you saw a point at that, that year three mark where – you were going to have things take off and to the point now where you reflected on the fact that you can walk around and you can see this distributed leadership model yeah. <laughs> where teachers and staff are driving a lot of the great work. I, I'm interested a little bit is what's now. I mean, you've got a vision, you had a vision. Uh, where do you take, where do you take things and work with people now in, in that environment? So that's a really great question. So for one, um, I'll start out by saying that I, <laughs> I, I am not going to be the principal there next year. Um, but we've been developing an assistant principal who will now become the principal in our school. Um, mm. And she and I are currently, uh, she and I are currently doing some strategic planning, really like three, three year planning. Like what's this going to look like three years from now? Um, mm -hmm. And so, uh, you know, I think our next steps, there's a couple of things for one, we are solidly uh, a performance school. We are, we are performing well within the range of the uh, state accreditation you know, requirements. So I feel like that really kind of opens the door for us to take uh, our learning to a deeper and more authentic level through innovative practices that are going to really allow kids to expand their opportunities and their learning, uh, whether it's using their hands for hands-on learning, um, you know, whether it's project-based learning, 
Uh, we have an innovation lab in the school. I was just in there yesterday and um, kids are learning about Native Americans. And so they were uh, creating pictographs on clay pots and then they were breaking them and then gluing them back together like an archeologist would. And so this teacher had this great authentic lesson for these kids where they're learning about Native Americans uh, and in particular Colorado Native Americans. And, um, and then they're breaking these pots apart and sort of having this other conversation on the side about how an archeologist would sort of put back together the pieces of history to tell a story. And so, <laughs> uh, and so this teacher and I had this great conversation. In fact, you'll probably see a post on my social media because I had a couple of students explain to me what they were doing in a video format. And so I'm gonna put that up later today. But I mean, it was just like, that's the kind of stuff, that's the next level for us, I think is deep, authentic mm -hmm. learning. Uh, you know, opportunities for teachers to, uh, I, I hate to say it this way, but almost like throw out the curriculum the way that it's written um, and basically rewriting the curriculum in a way that still meets the standards, but allows the teacher and the students some freedom to be, to have, be agents in their learning uh, and really just go, just go out of the textbook, go away from kids and really get into deep, authentic tasks. And to think where you were five years ago, to think that you're at that spot now, that's a, that's a transformation. Thanks for sharing. Yeah, that's phenomenal. Uh, that's awesome, Dave. And I, I think about the, the level of rigor in that particular example that you're creating that, again, without the right culture in place, you can't, just, you can't get to mm -hmm. those points where that relevancy and that rigor of learning happens. And exactly. so I just yep. think, you know, kudos to your staff and your faculty for really embracing this idea of lead, love, learn. And <laughs> making that the driver for what all kids need, um, because when we when we can align ourselves as a as a team to move in the same direction, the sky is really the limit for learning and for success. So I think that's really just fantastic. Um, so thank you for sharing that. Is there anything else you'd like our listeners to know, um, particularly around the work that you've done at your school, or as you think about culture? You know, parting words for our listeners. Just, um, you know, before I got to this school, I was not a, I never really bought into the idea of mission leading all the work. Uh, and I think the reason for that is every organization I worked in prior to this school had, had this mission on the wall that nobody could really recite a run on sentence that, you know, somebody came up with a lot of edgy babble buzzwords. And, um, and, and so uh, I, you know, and I, I, I think I will say, uh, I think the work that we've done with leader and me, but, um, getting a mission, uh, together that people can believe in, people can recite, people can like embed into the fabric of who they are as an educator and who they are as a person, um, is in my opinion, has been the most transformational thing for our work. Um, it's been amazing. And so I would just say that, uh, if you're if you're leading a school and you have a mission that you can't recite yourself or your staff can't recite and you can't really believe in what it says, then it's time to rewrite it and to do it in a way that's authentic, uh, includes all stakeholders and also um, is short and sweet, in my opinion, um, because <laughs> you got to be able to recite your mission. If you don't know what your mission is and you can't say what it is and you can't believe what it is, then you're never going to meet it. You're never going to get there. And uh, like that's been for me the biggest shift and the thing I'm most proud of uh, in terms of these these five years as the principal of the school. I'm I'm proud of many many things that we've done, but I I believe the mission is what has helped us really uh, excel in our work. 
That's great. I appreciate your reflection on that. And, and like you said, you know, if they can't recite it, they can't do it. Um, and so how do you bring that, breathe life into it and really make it something that, that folks can get behind. And um, I know having met your assistant principal on that transition that your school is in, in great hands um, for this upcoming year and, and congratulations to you. I know you're moving into a community superintendent role um, where you're going to be supporting multiple principals now and being able to help um, build their leadership capacity to, to see that change happen amongst other schools um, in the Jeffco area. So congratulations to you as well. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. You bet. So if you want to learn more about Dave Weiss and the great work he's doing in Jeffco, you can follow him on Twitter. His handle is at Teacher Dave. Um, which again, I just love your Twitter handle. I think that's exactly <laughs> what we do, right? Like yep. as yep. leaders, we're, we're teachers first. And, that's right. and so I just love your, your Twitter handle there. So definitely follow Dave at, at uh, Teacher Dave. And next week, we're going to be joined by uh, Mr. Brian Parton. He's a middle school principal in the Tennessee area and a former um, prince, uh, president of the National Association of Elementary School Principals. So we look forward to talking with Brian next week. So Dave, thank you for your time today. Um, we're super excited about the work you're doing, and we look forward to continuing to follow you on your journey. All right. Thank you, fellas. I really, I, I, I'm honored. I appreciate it. And uh, have a great rest of your weekend. Thanks for joining another exciting episode of Lead, Change, in Education, where we talk with educational leaders just like you and how they're boosting student achievement and building collective teacher efficacy. Tune in to our weekly podcast by joining and subscribing to the podcast platform that works best for you. You can also follow Adam at Adam D. Drummond or Mark at MWHS Principal on Twitter. You can also find us on LinkedIn and you can use the hashtag LeadChangeEd to stay up to date on all of the exciting things that are happening in education related to our podcast as well as the work that we do each and every day. Until next time, be the change you wish to lead in your schools.